The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hello, my friends, and welcome back. Thanks again for joining us as we take a few minutes out of our day in God's Word. We're glad you're with us as we have been studying for now a couple months in the book of Matthew, going through the life of Christ in Matthew's Gospel, and we are going to jump in. We're in Matthew chapter 27, and we're going to be in verse 32 here in just a moment. Uh, In a little bit of context, Jesus is, it's at the point of the crucifixion. Um, He's just come to the end of the time where the, the soldiers have mocked him. They put him in a robe. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They beat it down with the rod, and now they're getting ready to send him. They put him back in his normal clothes, and they're going to send him back Uh, send him up with the cross to the mount. Now, let me give you a little bit of just some history when we look at this. One of the things that was normal in culture, please understand, this is a Roman form of torture. Uh, It was was intended to be gruesome. It was intended to be very public. It was intended to be put out in the scenario to where if somebody were to have seen it happen, it was to make them fearful of committing crimes. And so uh, one of the things they would require was that when the victim, the not the victim, but the criminal was being taken up to what we'll see in a second, Calvary, Golgotha, what they call the place of the skull, the mountain looked like a skull. They would take him up to that edge in that area. Um, one of the things they would do is they would make him carry their cross. And there's different perspectives. Most believe that probably just the head beam uh, that was being carried. Either way, we're going to see in a moment Jesus, due to the beating and the punishment he had already gone through, was physically unable to carry this. And people often say it showed his weakness. I think it's the opposite. This man had been beaten by the can of nine tails, which is a death sentence in and of itself, and was still able to make it several hours after that while hanging on going through the other gruesome parts. Remember, there's two different levels. He was scourged, which was the punishment of the cat of nine tails, and he was crucified. Uh, this was the scourging he went through was not normal. He was punished two different levels in reality. Um, most people were just hung on the cross and forced to stay there for days at a time until death would finally come and take them. So let's look as we get into that context. Let's look at, again, verse chapter 27. We're in verse 32. And it says, And they came out and found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. This man was compelled to bear his cross. Now, just one quick thing as we walk through this, uh, Cyrene would be a section of Africa, so he would have been of African descent. Uh, not a whole lot of reason is what he was doing there, maybe during um, holiday, whatever it would be. We're not exactly sure what he was there for, but he was in the crowd watching what was going on and then was compelled by the Romans and, frankly, didn't have a lot of choice in that aspect, was brought out there and carried the cross for Jesus to the top uh, of the mountain. Verse 33, and when they came to... Oh, by the way, in other sections of the gospel... Um, Jesus attempted to carry it at first and just wasn't able to handle it. And under due to his weakened state, he fell. And that's when Simon Cyrene was asked to come out. Verse 33, when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull, simply means that the mountain looked and resembled that of a skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink, other pastors call it vinegar. But when he tasted it, he would not drink it. When they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets. They divided my garments among them, among themselves, and for my clothing they did cast lots. So that is actually from Psalm chapter 22. So they put him on the cross. One of the things they would often do amongst the soldiers in the area of mockery is they would sell the goods and the clothing of the criminals to different people, casting lots and kind of wagers on it. Um, and so it was normal that they did this type of thing. And this was, again, Psalm 22 
stated this would happen. Uh, again, you've got a lot of vitriol from the people who wanted him dead to be able to do something like this, to purchase, spend money in his clothes that without a doubt riddled with blood. Um, and so, again, just another fulfillment of an Old Testament prophecy. And see, why is that important? Because remember, the people in this time, the New Testament people who were doing this, were aware of all of the Old Testament prophecies. They were the most knowledgeable when it came to Old Testament teachings and prophecies. They would have been aware of Psalm 22 and what David said. Then, so to see this happen would have been one more reminder that prophecy was being fulfilled. Um, Let's go down to uh, verse 36. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. It simply meant they were afraid that somebody might come, take him off the cross, and so they stayed there to make sure that he would remain on the cross. Verse 37, they put his accusation over his head, which read, this is Jesus, King of the Jews. And so it was normal practice, again, that above each of the people being hung, there was a, a board of some support, uh, sort of nailed to the cross above the head, and it was simply the accusation. So whatever crime they they were being punished for, I can't say accused of, being punished for. At this point, they should have gone through a court system and proven guilty, and now they're being, uh, the execution's being brought out. Anybody who would come, because public execution, executions were that, very public, anybody could see this. Remember, Jesus would have grown up uh, watching these things happen. So um, anybody could have come and seen this. And so above the person being executed would have been the reason for their execution. They were a murderer, they were a thief in this case, he claimed to be king of the Jews, and so they put it up there in front of that. Now, some will argue that in different Gospels there's contradiction to this because uh, there's some different extra terminology. Uh, some just say king of the Jews, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. And I think the simple answer, this was written in multiple languages, uh, Greek and Latin, things of that nature. So it's likely that the different languages would have stated differently. Uh, the fact is it was just stated that um, who he was and what the reason for why they were punishing him. Verse 38, then two thieves were crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And this is just a reminder that he was placed and very active. Some have said could have been friends of Barabbas who was allowed to go free. Um, and so he was placed right in the middle of these two, a reminder of what they thought he was as a criminal. Those who passed by insulted him, wagging their heads, uh, really kind of shaking their heads, saying, you who would destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, a chief priest with the scribes and elders mocked him, saying, "Have saved? He saved others. He himself cannot. He cannot save himself. If he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If he will leave him, for he said, I am the son of God. Even the thieves who crucified with him insulted him in the same way. So this is basically everybody's mocking him. Uh, again, you see this in Psalm 22. You see this in other passages where uh, they came and they mocked him. Simply they were saying, at one point Jesus looked, and he was referring to himself, tear down this temple in three days, I rebuild it. They thought it was the temple. He's referring to himself. But they were saying, you were going to destroy the temple. You can save other people. Please understand, they think they've won. They're coming and saying, we've won, we've proven a point, they're mocking him, and, and in fact, if you look at it from a human standpoint, it looks like he has. Can you imagine from the point of view of his followers, of his disciples, who thought he was going to be a political revolutionary, it looks like they won. They, they don't understand the spiritual nature of what's really going on. What was taking place on the cross was a spiritual battle. Here, here's an interesting perspective, we'll get to it in a little bit, but... I was asked this question not that long ago about the idea of the Trinity. How could 
Jesus be betrayed by God on the cross if they were one. Remember, in the Trinity, they are one, but they are three parts. We, uh, and in the image of God, are made in body, soul, and spirit, three parts, three purposes, three different unique things that happen. Um, you have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, one, but yet unique in its perspective, although it is intriguing in this spot that there was a split. It's the only time in eternity past and eternity future that God the Father and God the Son were separated. God would have turned his back in his only son, and it's an intriguing aspect of the Trinity. You will not fully always understand it. You can debate it until you're blue in the face, but we know it's true that they are one, as a trinity, they are three parts making one, making God, and yet in this case, there was a separation in it. As Jesus, God the Son, bared our punishment on the cross, uh, and it's an intriguing thought, but what we see here is they mocked him. He said, if he can save other people, come off the cross. Here's what they said. Listen, save yourself, come off the cross, then we'll believe. Mankind has constantly stated, if God would do what we wanted him to do, then we would believe in God, and I promise you that's not true. Because the moment he did it, we'd have another test and another test and another test. If we're not going to believe God in the information he's given us, we wouldn't believe him otherwise. And so for God to demote himself to do what we want him to do is such a, um, uh, it's such a human thing to do, and God is not that. And uh, I'm glad that he, he kept his focus. He said, this is what I'm doing here. I'm here for a greater purpose than the mockery, and he allowed it to take place because, well, prophecy is being fulfilled at that time as a scribe and elders watched. Boy, how arrogant must you be to have that amount of information and totally missing what it meant, what it meant in that area. What we do, do appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. We're uh, uh, going to be continuing in this passage uh, next couple of uh, probably weeks or as we finish this up. So continue with us as we uh, look through and pick up in verse number 45 tomorrow. We do appreciate the time you've given us. We look forward to seeing you again tomorrow.